This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode 58. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now your host, Kristen Trumpy. Hello, folks, and welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast podcast today we're talking about sleep and sleep i think is really 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 underrated i love to sleep and what inspired me to make an episode about this were two things number one the book night school by the psychologist dr richard wiseman and the stuff you're gonna hear today that's based on that book and number two i have the great luck that at the office somebody was actually kind enough to like have install little sleep boxes or I don't know how to call them but basically you have no idea how long I've been praying for that because I don't know I'm, I'm still I guess like some kind of baby I need a nap after I had my lunch and I've been praying for this probably since about 2003 so imagine how happy I was when we moved buildings and it turned out that they have these sleeping boxes and now I don't know quality of life it's so much better it's it's just so cool to actually feel it's not like I can sleep there for hours okay I don't want you to get the wrong picture so basically what happens is I I have lunch and then sometimes I'll just go in there for another 20 minutes and I find that these 20 minutes or half hour how much however much I put in that is like an investment because it will make me feel better for the next five six seven or even eight hours so what happens when we sleep well the first thing that happens is that we're not aware of ourselves anymore and that leads a lot of people to think that well that means the brain shuts down but that's actually not the case your brain is super active when you're sleeping your brain brain performs essential tasks such as gluing experiences and information into memory and this is essential for all kinds of learning so if you have a test or something and you cram it in the whole night and you sleep only three hours it's like the dumbest thing you can do so just don't don't do that don't do that and if you want any you know have any chance that you can actually remember people's names and stuff like that just make sure that you sleep enough because that's where memories are actually really put solidly into your brain. What also happens is that the body carries out different functions which are all related to bodily repair. So that could be, for example, when you have wounds are healing and um, it's really influencing your immune system. And what's also happening is that sleep is a time when certain hormones are being regulated and those hormones which are for example related to stress and weight control so even if you think oh i don't have time i have to you know do all these things for my health but basically if you don't sleep all the good stuff you do for for example losing weight or de-stressing and stuff will probably be i don't want to say worthless but just severely less there will be a severely less impact if you don't give your body the chance to actually do all the good stuff and that's what happens when you sleep okay for example when you go and work out 
it's the sleep that you have afterwards that makes really all the difference. If you never sleep enough and you work out, I mean, of course, it's better than not working out, but still, you're not going to feel the maximum good effects that you could. So what happens when we don't sleep enough? Well, first of all, catching up on sleep on the weekend is helpful, but it's not enough. And that means that usually people's sleep debt, as he calls it, is too big to actually be made up in one or two nights. Okay, so instead of doing that, I mean, that's still great. But try to sneak in even like half an hour more sleep every night. And if you keep at that for a while, and I've been experimenting with this now, and this is now for the first time in quite a while that I've been successful in doing it over weeks. Usually usually what happens is I'll, I'll be doing it fine on the sleep front for, for maybe two or three days, and then I'll go to bed really late and, and get up and ruin everything. But if you actually manage to get into a groove where you sleep enough or at least more than you did before even if it's half an hour a day that really helps so what happens when you don't sleep enough well we're talking about it's a hard you have a hard time to concentrate you have lowered productivity and you have less or almost no willpower which in itself can lead to all kinds of problems you are more likely to have an accident and health problems created by a constant lack of sleep include obesity, heart attacks, and premature death. Now, I don't really want to freak you out, okay? It's not about you feeling guilty when you don't sleep because that's really not that helpful at all. I'm just trying to convince you that it makes no sense to set yourself up for a day where you are from the start definitely less productive and less you have less willpower and all of these things and significantly less not just a little bit and that's even when you wake up like from the first minute of your day you're already impaired so that's why I'm like look try to really make sleep work so these findings illustrate why it's important to rethink sleep and if you use this information Please use it as a rational argument to change your behavior. As I said, don't use it to threaten, scare, or guilt yourself self or other people into sleeping more. Because what happens when you do that is that it stresses people out and that is not helpful for sleeping. Alright, so please don't use this information as a weapon against yourself or anybody else. Now there are two or three misunderstandings about sleep. One of them being, I function well on little sleep. And as I said before, it's like agreeing to never be your best self and always operate on a lower functional level where your thoughts are impaired, your feelings are out of whack, and your behavior is impaired. And most of us have actually learned to live like this. And um, Dr. Wiseman calls us, you know, basically we're walking around like zombies if we sleep significantly less than we should. And most adults need between eight and nine hours of sleep. That, or sorry, seven to nine hours of sleep. That's most adults. Now, another classic misunderstanding is that people who need to nap are lazy. And that's not the case. That's just a natural reaction. Actually, the people who know that they can nap or have to nap are the ones who are more in touch with their bodies than the ones of us who 
just think we never ever have to do that now of course there are individual differences however as i said before we are really used to being like a like a zombie version of ourselves so it would be interesting if you're for example on vacation and provided you don't have kids or something because then you're not you can never just chill out but if you're on vacation and there you actually see how much sleep you need because you could just go to bed and then don't have an alarm clock and if you do that for a couple of days you can figure out how much you naturally sleep and if you during the day feel like you want to go to sleep just go and then you will actually know what your natural rhythm would be now there's another misunderstanding and i've never heard this in my life and it's not terribly important or even very serious but i don't know if it's a british thing but some people seem to be convinced check this out that cheese gives you nightmares if you eat it before going to bed the british cheese board there you go. Who know that? Who knew that such a thing even existed? Tested this on 200 volunteers, and none of them reported nightmares, which is good news for the cheese lovers. But depending on the kind of cheese they ate, their dreams were more bizarre. So apparently, Stilton made people dream really weird stuff. I don't. I'm not even sure we get that cheese here, but you know, feel free to experiment and let me know your bizarre dreams. I love hearing other people's bizarre dreams. So what are the benefits of sleep? Well, people are more alert, they have a higher focus, increased creativity, and increased productivity. Now, the researchers found that there is such a thing as super sleepers. And those are people who can sleep when and whenever they want. They have sweet dreams, they wake up refreshed on most nights. And the benefits of these people of being a super sleeper are that they're happier they have better health and even more money i don't know i'm i'm not a super sleeper but i would say i'm pretty close to it i can fall asleep very easily i don't know most of my dreams some of them are sweet some of them are not um i don't know about waking up refreshed early in the morning because usually i would not get up at the hour that i have to but that's another story. What about you? Are you a super sleeper or on the other end of the continuum? Don't worry, because there are apparently not that many super sleepers. But if we know what we can aspire to, who knows? Maybe some of you can become super sleepers. Now, when it comes to falling asleep, a lot of people struggle. So what helps? Well, number one, protect yourself from the blue light emitted by smartphones, tablets, and TVs. This light prevents melatonin production, which is the sleep hormone. And researchers suggest that you wear amber-colored glasses two or three hours before you go to sleep. I don't know about you, I just imagine that to look really weird. And I have found that actually just turning off devices maybe an hour before is just as effective but then again i don't have problems falling asleep regardless of whether i was at the computer or in front of the tv but if falling asleep is, a, is an issue for you try to just turn these devices off about an hour before and chances are what i find when i do this so for example friday nights i don't really watch television and i don't i don't use my computer once i get home i use it before i get home but not once i'm home 
And what I notice quite a lot of time is once I've been sitting for 30 minutes or 45 minutes and maybe just chatting and stuff, unless the chat is really stimulating, but if it's not, if it's just easygoing, normal chit-chat, I will notice how tired I am. And that will make it obviously very easy to fall asleep. So give it a try. Although I know it's hard. You love probably your phones and your TV, but give it a try if you struggle falling asleep. The other thing that helps is imagining pleasant and positive things as long as they're not too exciting. And if that doesn't work, interestingly, try to actively stay in bed, uh, awake, but without sitting or leaving your bed, without closing your eyes, and without any distractions such as TVs, phones, or books. It's, they found that actually it's very hard to stay awake like that, and that will just make people tired and fall asleep. Instead of mentally replaying problems or things you're worried about, write them down and then think about what you will do to solve these issues. And this is particularly important if you're a ruminator, if you're someone who doesn't fall asleep, not because of some biological reason, but because your mind is racing through your to-do list up and down, up and down. And if that's you, write the stuff down and start thinking through possible solutions. In case you wake up in the middle of the night, don't worry. Apparently that's something that's been found in a lot of people and it's called segmented sleep. So don't worry about that. That happens. Apparently that was quite entertaining. Apparently there was a time when sometimes people had segmented sleep in a village and they would just visit each other at two or three in the morning and just have a little tea or I don't know what. And, and then after 30 minutes, they would all go back to sleep. I think that's hilarious. Probably don't do that, especially if you struggle with falling asleep again. But just if you wake up, know that it's normal, the segmented sleep. If you lie awake for more than 20 minutes, either because you can't fall asleep or you because you woke up in the middle of the night, try something that's not as stimulating and they suggest a puzzle. I don't know about you, but I find like, you know, tax and legal documents also incredibly boring and I think like the on the rare occasions when I can't sleep and I even think about that my mind gets so freaked out about the boring you know possibility of having to read this stuff that I immediately fall asleep what doesn't help that's also important well first of all alcohol doesn't help and that's a little bit counterintuitive because people will say like well I fall asleep easier and that's actually true however your sleep will be much more disturbed you wake up more frequently you spend less time in the deep restorative sleep phase and you're more likely to snore what also doesn't help is counting sheep because it usually just helps people freak out again instead of counting sheep just imagine yourself doing something nice or being in a nice place and the other thing, that's something that I do sometimes if I wake up in the middle of the night, calculating the hours left to sleep. So for example, you can't fall asleep and then you're like, oh, I only have four hours and 30 minutes. I'll be so freaking tired. And if this is the case and you've tried all the suggestions and you're still awake, I suggest that you tell yourself that lying in bed is also restful for the body. And that's actually true. You're not lying to yourself. So if you just say to yourself, oh, it's okay, that I can't sleep right now because my body is doing a lot of the restorative work anyway. 
you will feel at least partially rested in the morning and chances are you can relax enough to actually nod off. So what about dreams? Well, the the brain does process our concerns. Dreams actually are helpful in understanding things that are on our mind. And it they are also helpful sometimes at pointing out certain solutions. In case you are suffering from recurring nightmares, it was found that it helps people to describe it, the nightmare, and to write down a different ending or a different whatever the part is of the nightmare that's really scary. Re- and imagine the whole nightmare with you know the modified nightmare while you're awake and that should help that's it's found that people who do that it really helps them so we can encourage our mind to dream about certain things or suggest images to ourselves by telling ourselves that we want to dream about these things before we go to sleep now i have to confess i haven't really tried that but I absolutely, it's on my audible wish list, so I will get one of those dream books in the near future. Not because I'm into, like, you know, like, I don't know, weird stuff, but, well, I am into some weird stuff, but I'm I'm just interested, like, curious like a little kid. Like, I don't need to master, like, the art of orchestrating awesome dreams, but, I mean, who knows? Maybe if you do a few practices, something cool would happen. And if that happens, I will report back to you. So, until next week or the week after, sleep well. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us out by sharing it with your network and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love to hear from you at kristen at strengthphoenix.com. For show notes and more, head over to www.strengthphoenix.com. S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-S-P-H-O-E-N-I-X dot com. Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yogurt.